Did you hear the big news? We started a private university. We are rolling out a new design certificate program and a master's degree program along with our Design Suite Mastermind. We have new enrollment dates coming up for these programs. And if you want to watch a 10-minute video and learn more, go to designsuitecourses.com learn. My name is Karina Gardner, and I'm what you would call a practical designer. If you're ready to create a life that you love, become an incredible force for good, and generate income while pursuing your dreams, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Make and Design. Hey guys, today I'm here with Cynthia Hawk. Um, she is the founder of Mindful Creative Muse and is a mindful art teacher. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you here. Thanks for having me, Karina. I'm excited to be here. Now, this is so fun because Cynthia, before we even got started, we kind of started chat chatting about what she does. And I was like, okay, is that the same or different from life, life coaching? So I would love for you to get started by telling us what you actually do. And then let's talk about how this is different than life coaching, this mindfulness stuff that we're we're kind of chatting about today. I love that. Yeah. So I largely help support creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs. I help them to tap into their creativity and to support their well-being. And I do that through really simple mindful art activities and training and coaching. The way that it's different from life coaching is that what I've found typically with life coaches is a lot of that focus is on mindset. It's on giving you tools around productivity or on life hacks. This process of combining mindfulness and creativity, instead what we're doing is we're having a container to express our creativity in a way where it's coming from an emotional place and we're also offering self-care and support for that part of ourselves. So I find that you can tap into your creativity and you can create from a place that is much more supportive. It's entirely different. So it's all done through creative practice. So for all of my creatives out there where you think creatively, um, it can be a fun way to offer support for yourself. That's amazing. So you just talked about creative practice. So will you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, about in general creative practice or what yeah, I- Yeah, and maybe also what you talk about when it comes to creative practice. Yeah, I love that. The I think creative practice in general can be really broad and wide, which is why I was asking to clarify. I feel like we're all creative in our own way, and that can be birthed out into the world in so many different ways. So it might be that people are creative through crafting or drawing or photography or design. It could be that you love gardening or cooking or you know designing in your house. There's so many different ways to have a creative practice. I think for me, the key part in that is the word practice. <laughs> and I, I come back to this all the time for myself and with the people I work with is having some sort of practice, whatever form or media that you enjoy and that you love, having a consistent practice that you can touch back into, even if that's five minutes a day, is a really great way to have self-care for yourself and also to gain momentum. Um, I talk a lot about ways that we can self-sabotage and block our creativity. And there's, there's really eight ways that I see, but um, part of that can be sidestepped when we have really simple ways that we can step in and do a consistent practice. Um, so I'm big on that oh, word practice. That. That's awesome. Okay. So tell me a little bit about how did you get 
get into this. Like, how did you start in deciding? Because mindfulness by itself, I've seen a lot of mindfulness coaches, but creativity mixed with mindfulness. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you got started and why you ended up here? Yeah. So I think like a lot of creatives, I have a terrible inner critic. I can be very critical of myself. And even as I was making art from when I was very young and then throughout schooling and high school and college, I very often had this nagging voice in the back of my mind that was saying I wasn't doing it right. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't going to be liked by other people. I needed more skills. I needed to improve something. And those are are very common thoughts. It's part of our human experience. And I find for creatives especially, that can often be dialed up. Um, and it can be dialed up even more so when we're exploring something new in our creative practice. Because I notice if I'm doing something just at my edge, that you know I'm stepping bravely into exploring something, it would only make sense that that voice gets a little bit heightened because it's there to protect me or protect us. So long story short, I ended up discovering practices combining a mindfulness approach as I was creating art. And mindfulness just simply means being present with what's happening in the current moment without judgment. And that doesn't mean there's not judgment, but what I found is that instead it helps me to notice that strong inner critical voice and to have some sort of support or anchor while I'm creating to soften that voice. So with meditation, people might focus on the breath or focus on sounds. What I do instead as I'm making with mindful art is I use the sound of the pen on the page or I use the the feeling the, the pen or tool in my hand as an anchor point that I constantly come back to again and again. So when those internal critic voices get louder, I can just simply come back to those sounds or noticing the texture noticing the colors and reassuring myself that you know I can simply focus on my breath I can give myself permission to create and I found it extremely freeing um, and it was many, over many years that I then deepened into other certifications and my own path but that's been a foundation of how I can feel more comfortable in my creative practice is doing it from a place of compassion when it can be so easy for us to create from a place of criticalness. So mindful art is just a beautiful tool for support for creatives. Yeah, that's amazing. I do feel as a creative um, that it is very easy to be judgmental of ourselves more than other people, even very much of our own work and how we're producing it. And if it's, you know, even comparable to the other stuff we see out there. So tell me this, like, has it, I mean, I'm assuming it helped, but like, has it helped in the ways you think it, it had, it is supposed to help? Yeah. So I, I'm really noticing the word that you used comparison or comparing, because I think that's also a huge struggle that we can often has a, have as creatives and with mindful art, I'll say this, it doesn't magically remove or um, eliminate those barriers that we have to creativity. But what it has done that I've noticed for myself and a lot of the students I work with is that it can make things feel easier when we are swimming in a world of comparison, when we see lots of other people's works and we're not sure that we're, you know, living up to what they're doing or they're doing something bigger or better than us. 
Um, and it just kind of helps take the edge off of those things, again, so we can move forward and have momentum and actually have moments where we're really just so deep in flow in our work and enjoying our process um, that that can start to, there's, there's glimpses where those moments of comparison and inner critic are completely off the table because we're so absorbed in the present moment. Um, and I usually use the term creatives because I find it doesn't matter what art media you enjoy using, you can apply the foundations and principles of mindful art um, and it can be supportive. So yes, I absolutely am hugely passionate around it and I find that it's really helpful for a lot of people that um, even just do simple, small practices of mindful art. That's so cool. So before we got on the, uh, the start taping, you said something I thought was really interesting. And that is part of what you do is help people find purpose. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So what I've noticed for myself is that when I am creating from a place of judgment or comparison, I often am chasing a carrot stick that's not my carrot. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm so, when we're so overly focused on external um, motivation or rewards, it can be really challenging to tap into what's the thing that actually lights me up? What's the thing that I feel most curious about in this moment to create? And what I find instead is when we can have this shift in awareness with mindful art and focus on the present, and come from a place of curiosity and um, experimentation and what I like to say collaborating with chance, we can follow the breadcrumbs of what we're actually really curious about and give ourselves permission to follow those breadcrumbs, no matter how naive or silly or minuscule they may sound that, you know, our mind tells us, oh, that's not, I shouldn't be doing that thing, I should be doing this other thing. So I find that it just sort of removes a veil to give space for the possibility of connecting to what are you truly excited about and that for creatives, especially creatives that are making work as part of their living or teaching or coaching or as entrepreneurs, it also can help unveil what your true purpose is because the more we can tap into our creative voice, the more we can tap into that purpose and share it with others in the world. That's my belief. I love it. So good. Okay. So is there any, I mean, are there any stories you can tell of like, I know you have quite quite a community of creatives and people who are practicing with you. So any story you can tell, maybe not necessarily about someone in your community, but maybe even of yourself, but telling us a little bit about like something you did. I mean, it sounds like you've, you've done some different things that are really cool and you're teaching in your community, but like mm -hmm. anything specific you did that really like kind of lessened that voice of judgment or got you to the, the next step or the next level that made you feel like you had purpose or fulfillment. Just curious about that. Mm. I find that it comes in waves. It's I've, I didn't have one big epiphany moment. It tends to be lots of small moments that it's almost like building that muscle of mindfulness when I have those small epiphanies of, 
oh, I was really curious about that thing and I gave myself permission to explore it and now I can follow that breadcrumb. So for me, I've had lots of moments in my my personal creative career. Um, some of those that really stand out more strongly to me is uh, I first discovered a practice of mindfulness and intuitive collage back in around 2009, I was being treated for cancer. And at the time I couldn't, work with any sort of digital technology. At the time I was a digital photographer, that was my business um, and was also my personal practice. And as I was going through radiation, I couldn't touch any sort of electronics. I couldn't be around anyone. I was very much sequestered. And I noticed that I still wanted to have some sort of creative expression. And I also had a lot of grief from going through that, that sort of treatment. And I discovered this combination of mindfulness and intuitive collage, not where you, you know, when I say collage, a lot of times people think of vision boards where you look in a magazine and you pick out words and images of things you're aspiring to. And this process, instead, you come from the opposite way. So you actually allow the images to choose you based on what you feel drawn to or repelled by. And you're not choosing words in the magazines, you're allowing the words to come from within. So I played with this practice of mindfulness and intuitive collage that I found really deeply personally healing. And it really, that was a moment because I gave myself permission to be curious around, okay, what next? The, the typical creative practice that I was doing wasn't accessible for me. And so I gave myself permission to explore something else in a new way. And that really deepened my personal practice with combining mindfulness and collage and led to, you know, many years of exploring other practices. Um, and you had asked sort of, you know, just mentioning that I work with other communities. I have a student also that I have worked with for many years now. She's gone through a lot of my classes and a couple of my teacher trainings. I've known her now for like five years. And she's always had a really strong connection with nature outside and with art making, but she hadn't ever quite dropped into a practice that felt like her or that she felt really comfortable with. And I have a, a mindful mandalas practice that I teach, which is largely drawing in circles as a container, but there's this writing process afterwards that goes much deeper. And she just absolutely fell in love with that practice. And so now years later, She's teaching that out in um, workshops outside, out in the in Iowa, in the States. And so something, I guess I mentioned both of those stories to say, it can be these really small moments where we give ourselves permission to say, I'm curious about X and I'm gonna throw aside my inner critic and give myself permission to just be curious and see in that moment. And I'm, I'm always amazed how that can really lead and open up doorways to our creative path that we wouldn't, wouldn't have expected or anticipated otherwise. Um, so yeah, I have so many stories about that. And I love that about creativity that we don't know um, and that we can be surprised and just follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah, so amazing. I love this idea of following the breadcrumbs to to get to where you really want to go. What a great story. Um, I thought that was interesting because it sounds like the practices that you teach don't necessarily just involve the art and thinking, but actually writing as well. Do you use that a lot? I do. For me, um, it makes me think of like if I'm doing only the creative 
visual practice and then not also tuning in and noticing what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking and writing about that. It's like eating cake without frosting on it. <laughs> so uh, I know everyone has different preferences. That's a key part for me in mindful art practices, but also in self-discovery and in excavating this, this idea around purpose or a safe container for ourselves is that there's space to hear what my thoughts are, what my feelings are, to ask questions. I have a lot of different journaling prompts to help kind of dive deeper in. Um, and so the imagery always comes first, but the words that we then create from the images or the meaning we create from the images, I think are so powerful as a tool of self insight and transformation. Oh, so amazing. You guys, how cool is this, this whole idea of mindfulness and actually taking it and figuring out ways to lessen that judgment of ourselves? What a great idea. Um, Cynthia, if people are looking for more for you, from you and what you're doing, do you want to talk to them a little bit about what you have for them today? Yeah. So I have a free mindful art workbook that you can download I mentioned the ways we can self-sabotage earlier. Um, so I do have the eight most common ways I see that we can block ourselves creatively, as well as eight tips on how to move through some of those blocks. So I have that in the workbook, as well as more information about mindful art. Um, and so I'll share the link with you and they're welcome to download that. Um, and I have more information on my site if they're looking to learn more. Awesome. Do, will you just drop your, well, just tell us what the website is so that if you guys are listening in on this, you can, you know exactly where to go. Yeah. So my website's mindfulcreativemuse.com. And it, at the very top, there'll be a link for that free workbook. Amazing. We'll also put it here in the show notes for the podcast. If you're on the YouTube channel, we'll make sure and put it in the description as well so that you can go check it out. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for joining us. Really, really cool topic. I know that it's one I know our designers struggle with. I know that I have struggled with in the past. And I just really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, Karina. Did you know you have access to more free design content, die cut files, and sewing patterns? Join our exclusive VIP group for free by going to designsweetcourses.com slash free.